Unsurprisingly, the Nerd and Tie podcast is a part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. For more podcasts from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by finding an invite at nerdandtie.com slash discord. Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right. For just $20, we'd say your name here. We'd talk about how cool you are, and we'd probably, like, give your mom a high five if she wants one. That's right. Just go to nerdandtie.com, click on the sponsor button up in the menu. I guess it's a menu. It's a menu. And uh, follow the instructions there. Uh, you know, or you can contribute to our legal fund by going to gofundme.com slash nerdandtie. On this episode of Nerd and Tie, we're going to review... All of Peacemaker Season 1. You know, we gave you half of it last time. We'll give you all of it this time. Uh, in convention news, Albuquerque Anime Fest was canceled while vendors were setting up. Uh, Corgi Events Limited is, well, it's it's a thing. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about our favorite comfort shows. We're going to talk about what we're watching now. And there's a Vomit Hat Steve Challenge at the end, like always. So you can have some fun on, you know, the show that this is, unsurprisingly. And welcome to Nerd and Tie. It is February of 2022. Technically, when we record this, we're getting it just under the wire this month. Uh, (laughs) It is February 28th. And I am one of your hosts, Trey Dorn for the only podcast on the internet with a dress code. Almost forgot to say that. Joining me, as always, are the fantabulous Gen Proc. Yo, what up? And the effervescent Nick Izumi. It's Monday, friends. Oh, God, is it Monday? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's been it's it's been a month. <laughs> oh my God, has it been a month? Uh, what has <laughs> been kind of a Garbo month fall that like closed on an especially Garbo week? Yeah, um, it's uh, we're all you know in America, so we're well, we're in the northern part of America, so we're largely fine. Um, but uh, things aren't going great in many parts of the world, including you know other parts of the United States and Europe and there are parts of the world where things are always terrible and so we're just going to roll right on by all of that and talk about fun stuff like pursuing peace at any cost Um, (laughs) oh god Uh, we're going to kick things off talking about Peacemaker, which wrapped up its eight episode first season. It has been renewed for a second season that James Gunn will write all of and direct all of. Um, so, uh, yeah, Peacemaker has, that's the best damn DC show that is on streaming. No, that's not. I, yeah, no, actually I like it more than Doom. I love Doom Patrol. Don't get me wrong. I love Doom Patrol, but I like Peacemaker a little bit more. It is my favorite thing right now in the DCEU. That's for sure. Yeah, of canon DCEU, it's definitely the one of the strongest titles. Um, and it's um, 
I don't know. It It's really good. I mean, I'm glad it's getting a second season. I still don't know if I'm ever going to forgive them for uh, canceling Swamp Thing, but, you know, maybe I'll get there. I won't. To be fair, this was significantly better than Swamp Thing. I, I only made it two episodes into Swamp Thing. I, I just... I, I hard disagree, but I think that show got hit with a bad rap twice. First, uh, that it was on a terrible streaming service and got canceled three episodes in. Then when it was run on broadcast TV, it was a show about a pandemic <laughs> during COVID. Well, I mean, it got run on TV because the, the CW had hours to fill on their lineup. No, I understand that, yeah. but it's a show about a pandemic. <laughs> like, yeah, I keep seeing different like shows on streaming that like are about like oh, and it takes place during a pandemic, and I'm like, nope, mm, nope. nope, this is not real. This is not realistic anymore. It's well, it's, it's not a... like I can like I can handle shows that take place during the pandemic, like the actual pandemic, but I don't have I don't have the emotional energy for fictional pandemics right now yeah just no no thanks yeah anyways peacemaker um so uh if you haven't watched peacemaker uh watch peacemaker watch peacemaker um there's so many like interesting things about this show um that I don't want to like I don't want to give many major spoilers uh because in case anyone hasn't watched it but like it's this show is like the performances were all amazing um it's I like Freddie Stroma coming in and so it's so Freddie Stroma is vigilante um for those of you who don't know uh he's a major <coughs> character on the show but uh he actually was not the original person cast to play Vigilante. The mm -hmm. And the original person cast shot the first five out of eight episodes. That's wild. Oh, that's to right. Me you still. guys were mentioning that before. Yeah. So um, the fact that, like, only the last couple of episodes were, like, was Freddy the only, like, because they just reshot all the Vigilante scenes in the first handful of episodes. And the, uh, not the first handful, the first, like, five-eighths of the series. <laughs> Almost two-thirds of the show. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, the ending was satisfying. The The cast was great. Uh, I, I will... I, I love any use of Chris Herdahl on any show ever. Um, Season two, I want Kite Man's Revenge. <laughs> well, it's I, so I don't know if you guys know who Chris Herdahl is. Um, he played uh, the um, the police captain, the 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 one who comes in, who's friends with Mern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else has he been in? Uh, he has been in so much stuff. Um, if you need a menacing tall guy, he's your guy. Um, he's been, but he's in so much like, like, like he did a Star Trek Discovery episode like that. But usually, if you see him, um, it's on, like, and he was on Hell on Wheels, which was that was prestige television, um, where he played the Swede, 
of Tor Gunderson, um, the character was actually Norwegian, and that was a fun thing. Everyone called him the Swede. Uh, but he was on, on, on True Blood. But, like, uh, if you ever saw the awful sci-fi channel show Sanctuary, um, he played two characters on that show simultaneously. Um, what? Because he played uh, in full uh, effects makeup uh, Bigfoot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and Bigfoot was just a member of the team on that. Like, he, he like did maintenance around the house. Uh, and then um, he also played effectively Jack the Ripper, an immortal Jack oh. the Ripper on that show. Um, he uh, he was on uh, he, he was in the Twilight movies as Marcus. Um, he did a handful of Supernatural episodes, but what he's most known for are his dual parts on. Um, well, I should say most known, most known to, to me. Like he's probably most known to most people from Hell on Wheels because people actually watch that. But Stargate Atlantis, he played two characters, sometimes in the same episode, uh, because one of them was a human, Holling, who was a, a recurring character from one of the like tribes of humans in the Pegasus Galaxy that uh, Taylor, one of the other main characters, was from, and so he was the recurring character there. But he also played Todd the Wraith, and. Uh, Todd the Wraith is just one of my he's my favorite Stargate Atlantis character. That just sounds like a great character. <laughs> yeah, it's an excellent character name. Well, I yeah, still haven't so, watched so, Stargate Atlantis. So in, in the context of Stargate Atlantis, uh, the Wraith don't really have like names the, the way they do. And so he gets the name Todd when uh, the when uh, the Colonel Shepard, uh, one of the main characters, uh, just gives him that as a nickname when they have to like kind of enemies common enemy escape from a prison and he has to call him something so he calls him todd after his <laughs> old roommate and That's that awesome. that name sticks like and so you get like um oh yeah he also played uh zorel on smallville in a couple episodes uh he played god he's been in so many things um he did uh he like did an episode of arrow he did like a few episodes of the Minority Report TV series. Uh, he did an episode of The Librarians. Like, if you need a tall, menacing guy and you shoot in Vancouver, you call up Chris Heyerdahl. Um It's like he was in that Van Helsing show. He, like, he, and he's just, he's so, he's he's a phenomenal actor. And so, like, and that's why, like, I know this is just me and my, like, the fact that I watch a lot of terrible science fiction in which this actor has appeared in tons of stuff. But, uh, I mean, like, as you watch his performance in this show, he just hams it up. Like, he's he's just phenomenal. Um, and he, he's just a minor character, although he does, he does, he, is, he does dance in the intro. Um. Everyone should get to dance in that intro. Most people do. Most people do. But um, yeah, no, uh, it, it's the show is phenomenal, and I think that it's it's an amazingly uh, complex mix of all the stuff James Gunn likes to do in his um in his stuff, from like heartwarming, you know, like like deeply emotional to goofball comedy to gore and body horror. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's uh, much like uh, um, the Suicide Squad. This is it really is every bit as uh, tasteless and gross as it is incredible, uh, deeply sincere. Like it is both at the same time, which honestly you can tell James Gunn has a history with trauma films in that regard. Yeah. Um, Cause it's right there. Yeah, it is. Oh my God. Um, how, how much are we willing to spoil? Because there's a, the, that cameo in the last episode. Okay. So I yeah, we're going to, so what I'm going to say is that uh, we're going to give Oof. you uh, five minutes for spoilers. And so people can skip ahead. I'm going to watch the time code five minutes from now. Spoiler town. Um, so yeah, that the justice league cameo, the, the Jason Momoa, and Ezra Miller, especially Jason Momoa, I was in tears. I thought that was the funniest joke they could have done. So, so originally they shot they actually shot a Batman stand-in also, but they decided to remove him from the scene because they didn't. I, the going theory is just they didn't want confusion with the Batson movie coming out, right? Um, that like you know because it should be Ben Affleck Batman, but also like there are talks about like changing Batman with Flashpoint and stuff like that. Um, but so and then then they they're just gonna do all stand-ins and then, and that's what I thought they were gonna do when you see the silhouettes because you know, um, but then they got Jason Momoa on board, and then Ezra Miller happened to be available and Ezra Miller was shooting a Marvel thing. Um, mm-hmm. so actually Ezra, Ezra Miller and, um, Jason Momoa, neither one was actually on set. They were both shot against like green screen and edited together. That's why, um, they're kind of just slightly far enough apart. Uh, but Ezra Miller was actually shot at like a Marvel studios production. The f- the- now that's what I call a crossover. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's just a, a a weird thing that he was standing on the the production facilities for a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie while wearing the DC Flash costume. Impossible, <laughs> but it happened. Yeah, it's uh, and that was that was phenomenal. But it's it's great because it helps tie in the show. It makes it feel like it's more a part of like the universe right like Mm -hmm. and it's also the perfect like uh it's the perfect uh capper on the recurring aquaman fish joke that had been going on the entire season yeah like and that it appears that the flash started the joke um Mm -hmm. but so what one thing and this is uh something that i like about the the peacemaker series and just the dceu in general which is an interesting thing they've done is that um because they didn't start in this direction but they've kind of moved to this direction and i like it is that uh like in in when marvel made the mcu it was very much like here's an origin of all superheroes to this universe right we start with iron man and then we slowly build out and while there is stuff that happened in the past with like captain america like it's all origin 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 we see the genesis with the dceu they have 
kind of switch tracks to, no, there's just superhero shit happening everywhere and has been for a long time. Like, Superman is only so new because, you know, the Man of Steel continuity stuff set that up. But, like, there has been superhero nonsense bouncing around this particular planet Earth for a long time. Which, honestly, is a lot like the DC comics. Like, I, yeah. as much as I love Marvel, and I do, I, I would never deny it's just one of those things that I really like about um, about uh, how uh, DC organizes things. And probably the problem that the DC EU had early on when we were when it was still hardcore in the DC Carnival of Sadness is that it, the Marvel Universe, because so, so many. Theme. Sorry. <laughs> no, I can't do the do 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 theme anymore on the current mixer because I don't have that effect. <laughs> but um, like the Marvel universe when it started, the Marvel universe as we know it today felt very interconnected. But that's because like it was mostly just Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko in charge of almost everything. Yeah. With Stan Lee writing one-liners. So it seemed like a more unified vision. And as a result, the DC books, on the other hand, are a lot more all over the place. And dare I say it, I think there's a reason why when it comes to Marvel, it's really easy for me to think of big, you know, multi-book-wide crossovers that really worked. Whereas outside of Crisis on Infinite Earths, a lot of my ba my personal big favorite DC stories are about like one corner of characters. Yeah, we are out of spoiler and town now. We're we're back. We're all, out the of all the people who jumped five minutes for spoilers, they're back now. Um, so they don't get to know all the cool stuff we talked about. Bruce Wayne is Batman. Spoiled it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dang it. Big spoiler. Dang it. Aquaman is Hawk. No, wait, those are both the wrong universe. Um, <laughs> well, you know, one of those Aqu is... Hawk is man. Aqua Hawk. Well, no, because Hawk on Titans is played by Aquaman from Smallville. Yeah. That's just... And now he's Reacher on Amazon. That's weird. He's playing a character previously played by Tom Cruise. Um, anyways, uh, so Peacemaker, good. Yeah, Peacemaker, very good. Um, you loved should, it. If you haven't watched it yet, you should watch it. And again, it has the best opening sequence ever of any TV show ever made. And uh, Alan Agreed. Tudyk's wife choreographed it. Which is always a good I thing. feel like I should know what her name is, but I don't. And I feel bad about that, but not bad enough to go look it up. Uh, you can. Google is at your fingertips. So leave us a message in the comments. If you know the name, us. if you know the name, <laughs> get in the comments. If you know the name of Alan Tudyk's wife, uh, go to nerdandtie.com slash contact, fill out the form and tell us. <laughs> yeah. We want to know. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Moving on to the wild and the weird, uh, 
in theory, a couple of weeks ago was supposed to be a new anime con, Albuquerque Anime Fest. Um, Albuquerque Anime Fest was actually first announced only like six weeks before the show. Wow. It's uh, it it's organized by uh, Jim Burleson, who runs uh, like Duke City Comic Con and Albuquerque Comic Con, um, and uh, we can talk about him in a bit if we want. But uh, what happened was is so um, the right before the convention, the vendors are in the hall. They are unpacking their stuff. Everyone's there to go have a convention, and on so this is February eleventh. Friday, February 11th, the the vendors are setting up when Albuquerque Anime Fest announced that it was canceled. Oh. Yeah, it's oh. and if you go to their Facebook page, you can see things like uh, uh one person saying all that time in all caps, all that time wasted getting ready for this show, unpacking the damn car, can't wait to tell my daughter after school that we will not be there tomorrow, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Um uh, mm-hmm. now according to uh like what the apparent don't even know how to begin to describe <laughs> what happened here. Um, according to Albuquerque Anime Fest people, from from what um, I've been able to to find from what they said, is that the event was canceled uh, because the hotel decided to um, cancel their contract. What? What? But I'm. Why well, would a hotel cancel the contract? I. Like, this is interesting, right? Because, um, like, it's it's interesting because, like, this is a situation where this is an established, like, this was only announced six weeks ago, uh, six weeks prior to the convention. Like, this is, and a lot of people think it was because of, um, there is a another anime convention that is starting up, uh, in New Mexico, um, I think it's called New Mexico Anime. It's it's in March, and let me see if I can pull it up here uh, somewhere. But but even even if there is another new right. convention coming in, there's no reason like it's at a totally like different month. Right, there should be no. So what you have to understand, and this is again just my opinion, and this is me guessing. Just based off of past experiences we've had with Jim Burleson, um, as the various res- like I did not reach out to his organization for comment on this, so I have nothing other than the official statements put out on the Albuquerque Anime Fest uh, page, and it's just that in in past times, um, when we did a story on, uh, uh, I I don't know if it's still the case, but there was a point where his Albuquerque Comic Con and Duke City Comic Con head of safety w- was at least at the time we wrote the articles a registered sex offender. Oh, that guy! Oh. Yeah, when that's, we that's broke that guy. story, uh, Burleson implied that the reason that we wrote it was because we were reached out to by a competing convention um, in the area. <laughs> Oh, yes, of course. We, for the record, were not. We did no. eventually, because their name kept getting dragged into it, reach out to them for comments. <laughs> uh, but uh, they they were not involved. So that's 
that's the only reason why. I mean, Jim Burleson has a really interesting uh, history. Uh, if you go to nerdandtie.com, we have a number of, of things that have happened over the years, including that. Um, but also Jim Burleson did once kill a man. Um, it was it was ruled self-defense in a court of law. Uh, where there was an altercation, he used to be a fight promoter with, I believe, was a former fighter. I could be incorrect on that. Who confronted him in a parking lot? Burleson says that he felt his life was in danger and uh, shot him. Uh, but this is the person we're talking about. Um, uh, I, the first time I think we wrote about him was back in 2017 after he made uh, misogynist remarks and then uh, publicly reposted an attendee's private correspondence. Um, this this is uh, a uh, wow. That's yeah. a yikes from me, my dude. This is a big yikes. Just <laughs> like the dude in general is a yikes. Yeah, I was going to say there is a like the. The I think about actually we first wrote about him back in 2016 with his Santa Fe Comic Con after he made some offensive statements on social media about wow. cosplayers. Dude. Wow, just just the best people, just just the best people. And honestly, like going back to what happened most recently um <laughs> and personal opinion it sounds like they're just like blaming the hotel for and not giving an actual reason why to cancel it sounds like blaming is a pretty common thing since the rival <laughs> convention keeps getting blamed for yeah, even though well, okay, like, so so they did not blame the rival convention in no. it's, it was theorized that that's the reason why he launched an anime event this close. Okay. Like a month off, like and get there the month ahead to be like the 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 so he could promote it as the the biggest anime event in the area right before another one was opening and he only announced it 6 weeks before it happened. Um <laughs> I'm just saying, like, again, you don't announce a date until you have a contract. And, like, I don't know. They must have had some level of booking for this event, right? Like, Burleson runs events. Like, it's, I, say what you will about the man. He has run multiple conventions that happened. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. So, so he has experience in, like, doing this. It's, what, what boggles me is, like, what reason, what possible reason would a hotel give, you know, to to cancel that contract? And so late. I don't know. There's yeah, not a lot of information. Like when you like, already have people unloading into the building, how yeah. did they get in? Well, so like apparently some people are saying that like I'm getting mixed results. I don't have a clear message, but um the uh the, the like the the result what I'm getting is I heard that the like apparently this was still being promoted by the hotel three hours before they uh so okay, so I found on the Albuquerque Anime Fest page, apparently the sales team was really helpful, but with the GM leaving last week, the accounting and admin wouldn't honor the deal we'd had in place the last eight years. This is because they use this uh um 
event space for other events. They wanted to charge us more than we pay for the Albuquerque Convention Center. But this tells me they didn't have a hard fast. They didn't have a hard contract. What happens is this was yeah. booked on a handshake. Yeah, and, and that um, should not be done. Right. And so that's like, and you know what? Like, if he's gotten away with it for this long, booking on a handshake, it that's that's fine. But you know, you, this they couldn't. If he had a contract, they couldn't jack the price. That's really what it what it is. Um, mm-hmm. That's my guess. Um, is that the uh, the the convention? Um, the, I I think they were operating on a handshake. That's and again, that's just speculation on my part. I want to say that like I have no authority. It's just that if there was a contract. The hotel wouldn't have been able to do that if it was a yeah. well-written right. contract. Um, if they were operating on a handshake, which, to be fair, like I I know of many conventions that have done that. It's just incredibly dangerous and ill-advised. I would you say know what it's, I mean? uh, that's a that is a risk. I'm not sure I'm willing to take. I like that's that's the thing is it's like I've seen this time and time again where events like where you get last minute cancellations or in the case of like being relocated to uh, Hobby Lobby, uh, an abandoned <laughs> Hobby Lobby, uh, Tokyo and Tulsa. Um, in all of those cases, they made announcements while they still just had like uh, handshake deals on their bookings and not actual contracts, and that's that's the problem. Um. Yeah, it's it's not great. And I'd say that it's it reminds me of um, like I I don't want to bring up the most the the go to example of uh falling apart conventions, but like it reminds me of the dash con stories about them claiming they were getting kicked out like the night of the con if they didn't raise that certain amount of money on Friday night. That's that's what it reminds me of, but with without the desperate Hail Mary throw. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I will say Burleson is uh, saying that he's going to be issuing refunds, or he's letting people roll their passes over to uh, Duke City Comic Con, um, which he runs in that area. Uh, so it's like it. They appear, and because he is running other con- conventions, like multiple conventions at once, um, you know, it's this isn't a, like this wasn't a situation. I, you know, I'm I'm confident this wasn't a situation where like they ran out of money or were mm-hmm. at some point a financial collapse. So we see things like that happen with like Walker Stalker, like that's the case. I don't think that necessarily. I mean, like I can't imagine that numbers are super great, uh, just because. Um, there is a uh, Burleson is not necessarily one to uh, be super into precautions. And so uh, from what I've seen on his social media presence, uh, so uh, there is, there is a chunk of attendees who are put off by that. Um, mm. So I do think that uh, mm. um, I, d- I do think that maybe his numbers are down, but I don't. I I I do not believe that this was a case of them not paying a bill. I think this is a case of I. They they're not always the most truthful. Like I have had. Uh, there is a moment. There there's stuff where literally in statements made to me, Burleson has provided me inaccurate information. Um, like when we got a response from him in the 2019 story about his head of safety, he provided me um, information that was wrong. Uh, he claimed that uh, the like he he gave a different age for the uh, the victim of the the sex offender um, than what was factual, and 
like kept insisting on it even after uh, news articles revealing the uh, the victim's age were located and confirmed. I mean, the fact Yikes. that I, I knew it was right because of what statute the guy was convicted under. They're, they, they're different for different age ranges. But um, so I'm just saying that, like, I don't necessarily based on just the communications I've had from Burleson on previous stories. Again, I did not ask for comment on this. Um, I'm not going to which is why we didn't publish a text article. Um, I don't know how truthful uh, how, how truthful Burleson's being in his statements about the con. However, I do think it's plausible that he was operating on a handshake and the hotel wanted to, if the hotel did change general managers and the new, and the, the people there did want to have, make him pay more if he was operating on a handshake deal, that is entirely plausible. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's it's not the worst thing this guy's done. <laughs> it's just yep. like, but I do think it should like give anybody working conventions pause that uh, this event was planned that poorly, where he didn't have a locked final contract with the hotel yeah. a day before the event. Well, I mean, it sounds like he heard of this other brand new convention and was like, I gotta get in there. I yeah. gotta do the thing right away, and Run so like, it could have just been like a big old rush job, and yeah, it. I mean, who is really like hurt from all of this? Are those vendors? Yeah, all these people who had all this inventory, like, who trucked out there. It is expensive to vend. It is very it is. expensive. You, it's yeah. expensive to vend. It's expensive to book rooms for that sort of thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and if you can't make that back, like uh, some people were given information about a flea market that was held in town that day, uh, that weekend. So they could like try to book spots there and just try to make some money back. But it's, it ain't great. It ain't. Great. Yeah. That's oof. That's a big old oof. It's going to be a yikes for me, dog. <laughs> so, that whole thing was just a yikes. Yeah, so I I doubt there was... Yeah. So, that's uh, one bit of convention interestingness. The next bit is uh, everything that's happened with Corgi Events LLC. I think I actually called them Corgi Events Limited in the intro, but it's Corgi Events LLC. Corgi Events LLC um, is a company that runs uh, furry conventions, uh, Denver, Golden State Fur Con, uh, Painted Desert Fur Con, um, Aquatifur, and Sincerity Mercon. Um, I think that's all of them. Aquatifur, notably, is uh, just full disclosure again. Um, I didn't mention the previous story because uh, it was less relevant there, but I should mention that I am currently... Uh, President and co-director of No Brand Con Incorporated, uh, which operates No Brand Con in the Wisconsin Dells, uh, we sh- we operate in the same hotel as Aquatifer, one of these events. Um, just a, a full statement. Anyways, um, I knew I had heard that one before. Yeah. So, Corgi Events is run by this guy Corey Wood. Corey Wood, we've reported on before. He's a former convention chair for Anime Milwaukee, former staffer for Anime Central, um, and importantly, uh, I just want to double check the dates on this. But um, 
Corey Wood back in 2018 uh, was sued by Lemon Brat, his former employer, uh, uh, Lemon Brat, uh, who which vends at conventions, um, filed a lawsuit against him in 2018. And uh, according to the Cook County record, uh, Lemon Brat alleged that uh, Wood established a separate Square accounts for Lemon Brat and its predecessor that diverted credit card payments that belonging to the plaintiffs to Wood personally. Uh, the plaintiffs allege that Wood diverted more than $40,000 to himself via his false Square account or accounts and has written more than $15,000 in bogus checks. That's what that lawsuit um alleged uh it was with that lawsuit that wood stepped down from uh anime milwaukee staff and as he stepped down as convention chair from anime milwaukee um this is 2018 uh that that case was eventually settled out of court and we don't know exactly what the details of that settlement were but the, the allegations were that again that he was effectively while working for lemon brat at conventions he had a separate square account and so he would sell items, taking payments just directly to himself. That's what they alleged. Um, again, that was settled out of court. We don't know the veracity of that. Um, what's happened is that uh, a number of things came out um, on Twitter uh, where, like, uh, there were uh, allegations uh, that have been made on Twitter that... Uh, uh, Wood, uh, uh, Corey Wood, um, has a number of judgments against him, um, totaling of the the tweet that I have found uh, by uh, Travis Dragon eighty. That's the no spaces T R A V I S D R A G O on. So Travis Dra yeah eight zero. That is the username. Uh, alleged that, uh, and he has screenshots that accompany this, and alleges on like February tenth that uh, Wood has over one hundred three thousand dollars of judgments against him in Wisconsin alone. Jeez. And, there might, and it's there were a number of um, a number of of different talks about like financial stuff with with Corgi events. There there have been some other allegations um, about staffers being stuck paid for things, and there are a number of screenshots on Twitter. And I don't want to like go too far into that but uh wood under the um his persona name of treble van doren um so you will often see wood referred to as treble in the the furry community it's um put out a statement on um february 9th that uh good evening uh he wanted to put a letter note that the pro that there was an email involving anything monetary. Apparently, an email went out, and um, I don't know what the content of that email is. I just know what's currently on the Corgi Events website, and what for a while was on the website of every single convention associated with Corgi Events. All right. Um, in the statement on the website, he said, I wanted to send out a letter here to let you know that the prior email from us, again, I have not been able to find this email, from us regarding anything involving anything monetary is 100% inaccurate, invalid, and untrue. We here at Corgi Events are in no shape or form filing bankruptcy, stealing money from the company, and we are continuing to have conventions for at minimum via our contracts the next three years. 
I want to apologize to anyone who felt stressed, frightened, concerned, or apprehensive over any emails, telegram messages, Twitter posts, Discord messages, or otherwise that has been said and or shared. There are rumors going around that I owe employees upwards of $80,000. This is grossly untrue and a major exaggeration of a minor misunderstanding. We here at Corgi Events LLC put our attendees, dealers, artists, and staff's comfort above our own. Regarding the current situation, there was a recent employee who was released from the company who held the position of Corgi Events LLC Operator of Events. Due to this, there has been some backlash due to this decision. This decision was not made out of spite and is not related to any previous actions or decisions that the individual has made. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please email us up. They put the email address. If for any reason the uncertainty has caused you distrust or disbelief, and you'd like to either transfer or refund your, you know, artist table stuff, please email, you know, and they have the stuff about refunds there. And I hope to see you at a future Corgi events. That was on February 9th. On February 11th. <laughs> what an auspicious day. On February 11th, the same the same day that uh, yeah no this all <laughs> happened the same weekend man it was it was crazy this came out oh, at 11:29 p.m. on February 11th on the Aquatifer Twitter account and this this is uh, the statement is hosted on CorgiEvents.com a new statement came out now mind you the first, the statement I just read to you is what you find if you go to CorgiEvents.com. That is what the front page is, is just that statement. All right. Um, now. This is probably fine. <laughs> on on February 11th, and I've only found this link on the, the Aquatifer Twitter, not on the Denver Twitter. It's It might be, I haven't checked the Twitter for every single, like, convention in this, this network, but the it, it is on the Aquatifer Twitter. Uh Hello, everyone. Many people out here, there, this is what the statement is that was put out on, again, uh, by, uh, and it, it's it's called, uh, the, the tweet itself uh, said, hello, attendees and furries, and then just linked to the announcement. Um, and uh, many people out there depend on conventions hosted by Corgi Events LLC, be it for financial reasons, personal identity reasons, or mental health reasons. These include ourselves as we draft this open letter to the community. Over this past week, there's been a firestorm of rumors, lies, truths, hurt feelings, and more. These have not been healthy for so many people throughout the fandom, and answers are needed. Please bear with us as we get you the answers you are requesting. We are willing to share what information we have, but please understand that this is still early in process. This is starting out great. Um, I was like, this is not a good... What is going we on? We have been asked two main questions over and over lately. What is going to happen to Corgi events, and what is Treble's involvement? Again, remember, Treble is Corey Wood. While there are many decisions to be made, ultimately Corgi Events LLC is going to cease to exist. This is two days after saying that Corgi Events... And again, if you go to Corgi Events website, the prior statement is what you get about how stable they are. Um, back to the here. 
Several members of the fandom have already stepped forward and will be will complete the formation of a new nonprofit organization. It's to remember, oh boy. Corgi Events LLC was a for-profit con organization. Um, control of all Corgi Events LLC holdings will be secured by this new nonprofit organization, including some of the obligations that Corgi Events LLC has accrued. We have already begun the process of forming the new nonprofit organization. However, this process takes time, and we will provide updates as they come. Let's go to legal zoom go. Uh, secondly, is the concern of Treble. We do not know everything that is going on in his personal life. However, we do hold the following regarding Corgi Events LLC and the new nonprofit organization. Treble is the one who created Corgi Events and with the help of other parties has created several major events that we care deeply for. Instead of letting everything crash and burn, he has agreed to this transfer of property and responsibility to the new nonprofit organization. Treble is neither a board member of the new nonprofit organization, nor is it our intention to make him one. Ooh. The conventions Denfer, Golden State Furcon, Painted Desert Furcon, and Aquatifer will be continuing as scheduled. With regards to Sin City Mercon, we will have more information at a later date. Oh no. If for any reason that's probably the, they probably just didn't have a set contract for its next date yet. If yeah. for any reason this uncertainty has caused you any distrust, unrest, or disbelief, and you'd like to either transfer or refund your dealer's den table or your dealer's assistant badge, please email blah blah blah, which is now controlled by the nonprofit organization. So there's that's an, a corgievents.com email address. So they're saying they control the corgievents.com email at least for payments. The new nonprofit board of directions. <laughs> the new upper board directors are from many different regions. More importantly, we're all from the states where all of the conventions are held, which is part of the, one of the accusations with is that, you know, because Corey's based out of the Chicago area that he's kind of, you know, like the the Milwaukee based, like the Wisconsin based stuff, like Aquatifer and the Dells is like within his area, but like Denver, you know, and other places. Um, uh, so, so we can keep your, all capital your, your cons local. The board of directors are all volunteers. Please bear with us as the new nonprofit team is working to update and move the websites to our new service servers. Please keep an eye out on our social media for each event to update and links. In closing, more information will be forthcoming. Please give us time to get things set up, and we'll be sharing more with you as soon as we are able. And then they, they signed it there with their fursona names, Amazon, Kiki, Maxwell, Nova, Rory, Von Bon, Wolfitech, and Zeno. Can I just say one, like, look, <laughs> dear furry subculture, I love you guys. You guys are great. <laughs> but can I just say that, like, when when you're doing things as, like, official documents of your organizations, please use real names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please don't use your silly, your silly I was going names. to say pet names, and that seemed like a really bad term. I don't want to call them silly. I think that's like it's these are names these people deeply identify with. But I do think it's okay, important to right. use like apologize. It's and you know like so I take take Corey Wood for example. If Corey went by treble in all of his convention staffing across the board, it would be fine. But there's always this thing where when you go by an alias, it's completely an alias in one world and you go by like it's I don't know like I understand the hesitation um of like 
maybe these are people again like there is there is cultural stigma against furries in outside of fandom space and even within fandom spaces like it's there are people who treat furries like crap which is awful but and so i understand the desire to like anonymize yourself but Mm -hmm. i will say when it comes to like a level of accountability like the fact is is that like when you sign everything in one world as Triple Van Doren and then another world is Corey Wood, it's actually hard to tell. Like, if I didn't know, like, if I didn't have the experience of interfacing with the, like, the convention scene long enough to know that Treble Van Doren is Corey Wood, mm-hmm. I would not make this connection. Yeah, you'd think they right. were two separate people. Yeah, exactly. You would. And, and that just causes confusion. Well, and it's also like it's and I don't know, considering the uh, the the circumstances that remove Corey from a lot of the anime con management scene, um, maintaining an alias in other spaces, I don't think it was done with any particular like um, like intentional malice. But I do think it was an advantage to him to continue mm. to to operate these other events under. A oh, yeah. Name. Oh, yeah, for sure. But. Yeah, and so I don't want to go into the alleged judgments against Corey or, uh, or any of the legal stuff um, because I don't know for sure. But it is rather remarkable to put out a statement on the 9th about how your company's not going anywhere and then two days later. Yeah. What a turnaround. But the older statement is the one that's up at CorgiEvents.com. Yeah. Oh, God. That's not a good look. Even though the new statement is also hosted, um, of course, like, uh, like uh, there's there's been there, there's been some skepticism about Corey actually having handed this over um, in the community, but like, I don't, I don't know. It's. What this does mean, though, is that the new organization holding it, uh, because it's going to be effectively they're transferring the assets of Corgi events and not Corgi events to the new owners, right? So yeah. these this is going to be, um, I think, on the um, Anthropomorphic Events Incorporated Organization United. They literally gave themselves the acronym AEIOU. Yeah. But it, like that's kind of cute. I'm not gonna it lie. It is. It is. But they backronymed it awkwardly. I feel like I like anthropomorphic events incorporated organization united. Yeah, mm. it's it's. I'm just gonna do the um. Was it Moon Zero Two and just do AU? <laughs> I'm just gonna call them AU. It's easier. AIOU. Uh, so that's that appears to be the name of the new organization. That's what's currently listed on the. I've checked the Denver and the Aquatifer websites. That's the organization currently listed on there. Um, Aquatifer doesn't have dates on the website yet, but there are dates on Denver for August. I do believe Aquatifer has dates, um, uh, but I'm not. Yeah, October twenty eighth to thirtieth, twenty twenty two. So yeah, they have dates, but. All the websites went down, and so these are new websites mm. being put up. All the websites have on them right now are like more inf- are, are a they're they're the same generic template. 
the, they've got the logo, they've got a contact page, and they've got uh, like the name of the thing and more information coming soon, and then links to social media and the name of the new organization. Um, when, yeah, so this is just. This is a hot mess, I tell you what. Yeah, a little oh bit. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's... It does it does make it super intriguing though as to like what prompted this all. You know? Yeah, and, and that's fully fair. understanding that like we have we well, don't I know. I wanna know what email went out. Yeah. Kind of same. Like I haven't been able to find that. If if you have found it, please tell us. Um it might not end up in an episode, but like it's like for personal curiosity at least. Yeah, it's because it must have been like I don't know, like like just like outing things and stuff. Super, I can't even find the words. I can't even think. My brain is just it's too cold in this house, and this is such a hot mess. And I'm just what. <laughs> So it's um, according to what what people are alleging is that um, the Department of Revenue is coming after Corey is what people are alleging on Twitter. I don't know Ooh. if that's true. I have not verified that's that. That's a serious allegation. I'm gonna say that's one that you don't. Yeah. Unless you know for sure, you don't want to. Yeah. It's I'm yeah I don't know uh but it is uh. Yeah. Yeah, he lives in uh Kenosha, I think. So just the uh, Wisconsin side but uh just north of Chicago. Um oh yeah, the creditor with the judgment against him for eighty six thousand dollars does appear to be the Department of Revenue. Oh. Oof. That's a big oof, my boy. That's a huge oof. Yeah, um, pay your taxes, everybody, because you know what? The one people Please. you'll never get away from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, that's just great. Great. Good stuff. So, again, I have only seen the screenshots. I have not gone through and verified that, so that is just... Uh, that is what is alleged, um, and um, there are, uh, yeah, there are some other stuff here. Apparently, it is case number 2021-TW000644. That is the, the case number on the screenshots, if anybody feels like confirming that. But uh, I'm just... Either way, like this was this was an implosion. Yeah. And um so the good news is the new organization's not gonna inherit the debt. What they're doing is uh the new organization is giving the assets. So they're getting the name, they're getting the um the 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 uh they're getting the name, they're getting the items owned by the convention if there are any physical goods. I don't know if they rented their equipment or purchased it, but you know like mm -hmm. physical assets they begin hold of, but uh, Corey um, and his LLC 
are on the hook for the pre-existing debts incurred by the organization. So this new organization is not going to be responsible for that. That's good. Yeah. I'll say that tracks. And it's, you know, it is nice that they're moving to a nonprofit because I mm-hmm. think nonprofit conventions avoid a lot of these problems. Also, you know, you know why we've never had, you know, again, my organization um, is a nonprofit and I am unpaid in my position with the organization. And uh, you know what the great thing about being unpaid is, is you don't have to worry about the taxes. <laughs> yeah. And we are. Yeah, self-employment taxes suck. Yeah, they do. They're really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're even harder so when complicated. you don't pay them. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, I think that's that story. We should move on to something comfy. Are we yeah, moving like on to that. something comfy? Yeah, let's talk about our favorite comfort shows, guys. Right Yay. now. Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's a scary world out there. Sometimes you just need something happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who wants to go first <laughs> with what comfy thing they're currently? I vote Ken. Have. I vote Ken. Um, okay. <laughs> um, it's not going to be anything nerd related because, well, it's fine. It's fine. We're just talking about comfy shows right now. <laughs> okay. The one I've been into is this like summer vacation or not even summer, just like this vacation rental show. Where they show you these amazing like va- vacation rental houses and buildings and stuff, and it's really cool, and I like it, and it makes me want to travel, even though I can't. <laughs> what's what's it called? I forget. What's it on? Netflix. You, you heard it here first. Whatever vacation show you can find on Netflix. <laughs> I've also been. World's Most Amazing Vacation Rentals. There we go. That's what it's called. And then I've also been watching um, a playthrough of Elden Ring, which is super fun. Nice. Yeah, that just came out, didn't it? That just came out. So, And and I had previously watched um, replaythroughs of Dark Souls 1 and Bloodborne. So I'm just like... I'm all hopped up on the knowledge and the lore and nice. and I'm able to like sit here and be like, ooh, that bit is from Okay, so real quick about Elden Ring, um it's basically the new Souls like game, Soulsborne game. And what's really interesting is that it's got little aspects of the of like nearly all the previous games. So it's got like some little things from Bloodborne some little thing from all the different Dark Souls, even nice. some aspects from Sekiro, and like it's really cool. And the open world, like I know some people are just like, oh, whoop de doo, open world, but it is like it's a really cool world. <laughs> it's really big. And it's really pretty. So there. I've heard <laughs> nothing but good things about it so far. Well, I'm well. The only bad thing about it right now is um. The PC port is pretty janky right now. Mm. Um, and since it's released on the latest version of consoles, yeah, it can be a little difficult to get because <laughs> you gotcha. need like really high graphics 
in in your PC and and if you don't have I think it's on I think you can get it on PS4 but it's mainly like on 5 and the latest X1 X boxes there's so many of them now But yeah that's I mean that's why I'm watching someone else play it because <laughs> I don't have access to it and even if I did I'm not good at playing video games legit <laughs> there's nothing wrong with getting your uh, video game kicks through uh, watching other people play it i mean i have been getting my kicks through playing stardew valley <laughs> so boyfriend and i are currently like super into stardew valley i am in year three he's in year two it's it's so much fun just a beautiful little like farming game to calm all the stresses of the world. I don't know. I'm I'm sitting here just excited about Triangle Strategy coming out soon. Oh yeah. Legit. Yeah, Triangle. Strategy. That looks really pretty. Well, you know, it's my my favorite game of the PS1 era is Vandal Hearts, the first one. Oh yeah. Mm. Which like everyone else is like, "Oh, Final Fantasy Tactics." I'm like, "Vandal Hearts." But, you know, this is, you know, again, like obviously there are many things in this genre, you know, um many different you know tech but it's like i love that style game um i, I like i like final fantasy tactics also i just have a strong preference for vandal hearts which mm-hmm. is you know konami's entry into the genre um and so i'm so excited to play a game like that from the same team that made octopath traveler and so yeah it's i am i'm very hyped about that game yay but right yeah. now, right now we've been um, the new season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. The first four episodes are out, and that's been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just you know like a you know it's an Amy Schumer Palladino show, so everybody talks at twenty miles an hour, and uh, <laughs> you know uh, it's it it's it's enjoyable. Um, I'm 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 enjoying that. Uh, have, have either of you, do either of you guys have Apple TV Plus? No. Nope. Okay, because I've been uh, we uh, finally went through all Schmegadoon, which was adorable. Yeah, I heard um, that was good. So good. Um, yeah, I've been hearing lots of good things about that. It's it is like the perfect like it is yeah as a person who like bought like is very familiar with the era of musicals of like the forties and fifties. Um, which is where the aesthetic effectively comes from um, for that first season. And then uh, with the exception of one song, the, the, the song that ends the series, it's not a like a minor spoiler, but like the song that ends the series moves like kind of forward in the style of like decades to like the 60s and 70s style musicals in the mm-hmm. final number of the of the series. Of the season, it's I don't know it's I don't think it's been renewed yet, but there is a plan for later seasons. Um, it's the premise of the show. For those of you who don't know, is that uh, for listeners who might not know, is that uh, a couple is uh, on g- goes and takes this like lo- like there there a couple is in a rocky part of their relationship and uh, goes on kind of this lovers retreat and ends up wandering into the magical village of Schmigadoon, where mm. it's uh, effectively. A, a musical it is a like all of the cliches and they can't leave they can't escape <laughs> which 
Like they, you you cross the bridge out of town, you come back in from the bridge out of town, um, and it's like Alan Cummings in there, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, Jane Krakow, uh, um, like it's and those. That's not even. I haven't even mentioned the leads yet. <laughs> um. Uh, the leads are uh, Cecily Strong and uh, Keegan Michael Key. Uh, so like it's it the the cast is phenomenal um like uh, Jaime Camille is in there um like it's just it's uh Ariana DeBose um it it's just a phenomenal cast it's it it's so much fun but the reason why actually why I brought up Apple TV Plus was not necessarily that but because I've been watching uh After Party um, which is this kind of comedic crime drama hmm. where Dave Franco plays a uh, pop star who gets killed at an after party for their 15-year high school reunion. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, the, the after party is the name of the show. And it's it's a great ensemble cast, but effectively... Every episode is like a different character recounting the events of the evening. Oh, cool! That's <clears throat> so like uh, Sam Richardson, Ben Schwartz, uh, uh, Dave Franco, uh, but Ileana Glazer from Broad City, uh, Tiffany Haddish is in this. It's and um, uh, Ike Barinholtz, which he was on the Mindy Project, he's great in this. Um, it it's just a like it's been a really fun really fun show and every episode is kind of in a slightly different genre than the other nice like there's there's a there's an animated episode because what you're getting is the as characters are being interviewed by tiffany haddish plays the detective who's kind of investigating this um and so as characters recount it you get kind of their point of view in the evening and most of them are like one of them a uh, ben schwartz's retelling is like as a musical <laughs> Of course. Um, I like it. And then, uh, like, uh, the uh, Sam Richardson's version, um, he was on Veep, he was in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Sam Richardson's version is like a rom-com. Um, Ileana Glazer's is almost like a thriller, but uh, one of the, the other characters, uh, the actress, I can't remember um, her name, uh, it's it's an animated episode. Oh my gosh. But, like, like 90s MTV animated episode. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's So it's it it it's so far I've been enjoying it. Um Yeah, it's we're getting pretty close to the 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 season, but it's like it's I mean Ben Schwartz is just amazing in it. Like he is in everything and it's really fun mm-hmm. cuz we've also been um watching the 2017 DuckTales excellent show and at the same time i really love that show. We're, 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 we've only got a few episodes left we're in the last season we've only got a few episodes left but we've been working our way through that but we would wa- we would probably like we watched an episode of after party like right after that we watched an episode of ducktales and like y- yasper and dewey are the same character <laughs> um and then weirdly enough not, not a comfort show at all we've been watching severance which is fucking weird. Like, if I told you that Ben Stiller directed a show starring Adam Scott, 
and like Zach Cherry, would you assume? And oh, who else is in this? Uh, uh, John Turturro. So this 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 cast is so it's it's directed by Ben Stiller. The cast includes Adam Scott, Zach Cherry, uh, Christopher Walken, John Turturro, uh, Patricia Arquette. Uh, and then, then some other people who like I I know who they are, but uh, but uh, Dykin Lockman's in there, um, and uh, Britt Lauer, and uh, but uh, Tremel Tillman. Uh, but if I if I told you, but just like Ben Stiller directing a show where Adam Scott Scott is playing the lead, with with that mm. supporting cast, with like Christopher Walken and John Turturro in the supporting cast, and and Zach Cherry, like, what genre of show do you think I'd be watching? Generally, something comedy. I would would be would my think, first thought. Would you think uh, surreal psychological thriller with all of the visuals being like pure brutalism architecture? Ooh, interesting. So the setup for Severance is that uh, the in the near future. A company uh, has developed a technique to effectively sever your personal life from your work life. Like people had to volunteer for, but like so they're working on like a, 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 in theory they're working on like a top secret floor at their company. And to for security they have to have their memory severed, so they effectively become two people. One person when they're in the building that only ever experiences the work life. And then they go back to being themselves when they leave the building. Don't like that. Mm. That does not sound fun. Yeah, it's. And the show is just so like our the main character is is played by Adam Scott, Mark, who. um, In the first episode is getting promoted to effectively his department's manager, like he only it's only a team of four people in his department. But because uh, his uh, the 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 person who was supervisor just isn't there anymore because they don't know what happened. He doesn't know what happened to him. Oh, jeez. Because again, they only know at work. He only knows his work self, and he doesn't know anything about what happens at work, at home. So he doesn't he doesn't know that there's been a change in personnel. He actually doesn't know he's been promoted until he's like stepping out of the building and sees the update to his name tag. Um. But it's like it is this weird, like, like the show starts out with um, this character Helly, uh, played by Britt Lower, who she wakes up on a table with no idea where she is, because she's just recently had the like, and, and this is the like this is literally the opening scene of the first episode. She doesn't know where she is or who she is because she's just woken up after her severance procedure and is starting work for the first time. And oh, is freaking geez. out and trying to escape. Oh, jeez. The show is weird as hell. Yeah, not cozy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that you're kind of defeating the purpose of this segment, right? So watch Frigadoon. <laughs> um, I've been uh for oh, over over here. I've been um doing a couple things. Um. I was at a friend's house and I ended up watching uh, 4S Gridman all the way through for a third, fourth time, excuse me. And uh, it's still probably one of my favorite anime in recent memory. Um, 
I've mentioned it before, so I won't go into too much detail, but uh, anime takes on tokusatsu. It's really pretty. Trigger did the animation. There's canon lesbians. It, it's, it's really good. Isn't it full of Transformers um, references? Tons of really obscure Transformers references. Um, if any of those things sound appealing, definitely take a look at Forrest Gridman because it's it's excellent. Um, my wife and I, though, have been doing this thing lately. Um, I really like the Fox reality competition show Lego Masters. Same. Super good. So I was absolutely delighted when one time while I was going through Tubi, I found that there are tons of, like, foreign seasons of Lego Masters. The UK had, like, a a short season that was fun on its own, and that one had, uh, that one actually, they had a team of two 11-year-olds in it. Oh my gosh. So that one was really good. Um, very entertaining. But what's the really good, the really good wholesome Lego stuff is Lego Masters Australia. Oh, geez. There are three seasons of Lego <laughs> Masters Australia. Wow. Season three is 14 episodes long. What? So it's like... There's a lot of Lego Masters Australia, too. (laughs) Uh, The host, Hamish, is extremely funny. Um, You see some just really creative, fun stuff. Um, Hamish Blake, that's his name. Um, The biggest biggest downside is that the... uh, their main judge who is recognized by the Lego company. I think he's a bit more of a dick than what we get in the U S version. I wish he was nicer, but, uh, no, uh, there's all this Lego masters. It's on Tubi. You don't even have to pay for it. There's all these foreign seasons of Lego masters. I was not aware of, but it just, uh, just warms the heart. You never know what they're going to build next. It's it's always so much fun. I mean, probably something out of Legos. I mean, it's going to be made out of Lego, yeah, but but I will agree that like I I one Lego Masters, yes, good, but also just like any creative competition show mm. is just like yes, good. We've been Give watching me We've been watching Next Level Chef, which is so ridiculous. Ooh. Nice. Um, it's a yeah. Next level chef is um, it's a Gordon Ramsay produced uh, <laughs> a cooking show with a set that's literally three stories tall. Oh, they geez. are very literal about uh, the levels on uh, Next Level Chef, nice. uh, <laughs> where it is the high level, uh, like the fancy kitchen. The middle one's like a normal restaurant kitchen, and then the lowest level is the basement. And it's uh, three. The three mentors on the show are Gordon Ramsay, uh, Naisha Arrington, who's a she's a restaurateur, and then the third one is Richard Blaze. And if you've ever been a, a a fan of Top Chef, you know exactly who Richard Blaze is. Um, Richard Blaze is uh, he was a he lost in the final one season, um, 
and then later uh, in the All Star season, won Top Chef. He, but before he was ever on Top Chef, he competed on the American Iron Chef. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, it's he's, but he is the goofiest motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so I want f up. Uh, he is a. I mean, don't, don't, I will watch anything he's on because he is a cartoon of a human being. Um, <laughs> he like if. If you like, he's he's not as much doing it now as he used to, but he's like, you know, when molecular gastronomy was the big fad, mm-hmm. that's all he did. Um, nice. Like oh, it's this is this guy. Like he only really pulled out weird stuff like once all the season. Like oh, the only thing that hasn't aired yet is the finale. Um, but what what is they start with three teams? They pick these three teams of chefs and uh, like they randomly get put on different levels for the first chunk of the show based on the team. And they, they switch which teams and like the basement is the worst equipment, the middle, like, and then the levels. Um, and then the worst three performers out of each week, like have to go compete and will get eliminated. And then after like enough people in the competition, they start dividing people like the people who perform better, like we'll move up to higher levels and have the nicer stuff. And like, they've got this stupid platform that lowers with their like required ingredients that they have time to go <laughs> run and grab. It is, it is ridiculous. Um, and also I pay for Hulu without commercials. So like it, this is like on Fox. So like they always repeat things eight times around the commercial breaks, yep. but because Oof. I don't have commercial breaks, we get, this you just thing get it. Where, like, <laughs> like we're like, yep, yep. We got it. Um, got it. Good. So, so, but Richard Blaze is such a, like, a, like I keep talking about it because, like, he keeps, like, insisting on calling his team Team Trailblazers. Like, like, the other the other captains, like, they refer to themselves, like, Naisha Arrington's team calls themselves Team Naisha. Uh, Gordon Ramsay's team calls themselves Team Ramsay. And then Richard Blaze is like, we're Team Trailblazers. <laughs> it is, it is... Um, but that also, and then, um, and this, this aired earlier this year, but I really enjoyed Crime Scene Kitchen. Yep. Hosted by Joel McHale, which was delightful for a number of reasons. The setup for Crime Scene Kitchen is that, like, they investigate, like, the teams have to go into a kitchen that's been, like, something was baked here. Based on the evidence, you have to figure out what it is and recreate it. I couldn't get into that one. I tried. I just, but my favorite part of that it. show is Joel McHale hosting it, who just literally like is pointing out, he's hosting it like he's hosting the soup, mm. where he is literally pointing out every cliche that they're doing, <laughs> and saying it in that way that really only he can, where he is both making fun of it and doing it sincerely. Mm-hmm. And with that random noise, apparently the reminder to pay my rent came out. Uh, the recording heard that the the other co-host didn't uh <laughs> i forgot to silence notifications uh before we started recording and i forgot that my notifications go to my computer now uh but yeah no it's yeah cooking shows oh top chef comes back pretty soon oh i have i have some more really good shows go for it uh, um <laughs> okay so in in the Aaron in cooking vein, um, I watched all of School of Chocolate. 
Okay. Which is delightful. Oh, it's so delightful. Um, the 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 main guy behind it is Amari Gishon, who is a world renowned patissier and chocolatier. And he makes like these amazing, like realistic like items, but they're freaking entremets. So like he'll make oh gosh, he's made like a tiny scuba helmet, he's made like tiny coconuts, he's made like a perfume bottle was one of his most recent ones, and they like look absolutely like the real thing. Nice. But they're made out of like chocolate and cake and like fruit and stuff. And and he brings in all these other chefs and patissiers and he's like, here, I'm gonna show you I'm gonna teach you how to like do the stuff I do. And whoever like does it the best will will win. And it's very wholesome and very good. So it's like nailed um, it with talent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except they're all good. Right, <laughs> no, it's um let's see. The other show I wanted I just wanted to mention is that um, the boyfriend and I have been really into Forged in Fire lately, Ooh. which is a bladesmithing competition. Okay. I saw a bit of that. Oh, there are like a bunch of seasons on Netflix and then even more seasons on Hulu. <laughs> There's so much Forged in Fire. It is so good. And just like the nonsense they throw at these bladesmiths and Will Wheaton hosting and it's very good there was one more i was going to mention but i forgot it i will say that we're catching up on the latest season of letter kenny okay Ooh, uh have, have you watched resident alien no god that show's great oh i've been big I've been, fan i've been loving yeah it's resident alien's been so good on sci-fi yeah, seriously, check out yeah. Resident Alien. It is uh Yeah. It's... It has a very weird sense of humor and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, it's it's so like uh the premise of Resident Alien, um for those who don't know, uh is that uh Alan Tudyk plays uh effectively an alien who is sent here to destroy the earth. Uh, but has to, uh, he disguises himself as, uh, <laughs> a small town doctor, as a small town doctor. <laughs> I don't know a better way to describe the show. Uh, it's, it's told from Alan Tudyk's character's point of view. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. It's just watch resident alien. On yeah. Sci-fi. It's just. I can't very dark it. sense of humor. Very good. Yeah, it's we 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 DVR that. Um it's so good. It's so good. Resident Alien is so good. Mm. I'm trying to remember what other show I was gonna mention, but I've seen so many creative competition shows that they <laughs> all kind of blur together a little bit. <laughs> like, I've seen Glow Up both seasons i've seen interior design masters grand designs is an architecture show 
that I love, um, making it. <laughs> just I've been anything I, and everything. I've been like sticking to like classic anime a lot lately, but um, <gasps> yeah. one other one that I want to point out because it's uh, I I love it because it looks cozy, but it's not cozy at all. Uh, is um the ranking of kings. I need to watch that. It, it looks is good. a current anime. It's phenomenal. The animation is gorgeous, but it goes for this aesthetic of cute, like fantasy storybook. But it is one of the bleakest fantasy settings I've ever seen. <laughs> but despite that, the characters have so much heart. It, the characters aren't bleak, but it's a mm-hmm. bleak world they live in. And I love it so much. The dub is also stellar. Uh, Pro ZD plays uh, Kage, the shadow monster, um, who is the main character's best friend. Um, It's about a little... um, uh, It's about the crown prince of a kingdom who is a little deaf mute boy. Um, And his dad was a great warrior literal giant. And so people are disappointed by him and don't think that he can live up to um, his the potential of his dad. And uh, the world they live in is just unforgiving and brutal. And the characters are so amazing and three-dimensional. I highly recommend it. Go watch it. It's really good. Okay. I might. <laughs> Maybe you will. It's it's worth your time though. It's really good. Um, yeah. I think that's it. I, I that's think that's it for it now. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. I mean, we could always come up with more stuff later, but yeah, we should what's probably. A, we what's should a show that's on. cozy for you. It's an hour and Send twenty-five minutes in. We got to do the rest of the show. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, so uh, moving on. Uh, this is the part of the show where we do the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge. Um, the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge is where I read part of a book and the challenge to you, the listeners, to guess what book I'm reading from. If you guess it correctly, get included in the Hall of Awesome. The benefits of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. One, we include you on the Hall of Awesome page on the website, which is buried, but there. Uh, two, we list your name on the, uh, podcast, which is what I'm going to do in a moment. And three, there is no three. Everyone wants a third but uh, you're not finding your unicorn today. So the current people in the Hall of Awesome are as follows. Archimide, Zero, Rena Innocenti, Cheesy McDamu, Krista, Slithery D, Shameless Otaku, The Random Ramblings Man, Korfan, Capito, Chris Graham, Lilisaurus, Paper Godzilla, Cavity, The Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Strizua, Sakura Sunset, Joel Kreisman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. And I am literally just going to pick I'm 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 just going to pick this random line. And though she couldn't prove it, Kimberly suspected that it was the gr- giant doctor who had made father hang all this plastic in her room. It was silly. She couldn't even get to her dresser now. If you know a book that's from go to nerdtech.com, click on the contact form and tell us or if you have anything else you want to tell us, spell us tell us about your feelings your deepest dreams, your favorite shows, what you're doing now. Do you have uh, your favorite memory of Albuquerque Anime Fest? Um, just uh, go to the contact form at nerdtad.com slash contact and 
you know, give us that uh, fun old message and we will maybe read aloud on the show. Maybe. Possibly. Please send us something. I mean, you don't have to. I'm begging. I, I really want you to. If if you don't send us something, you'll make Nick sad. You'll make mm-hmm. me sad. I'm already at like a bundle of depression. Do you really oh, want to make no. this worse? <laughs> oh, no, Nick, no. Oh. Welcome to Guilt Trip, the podcast. It's true. I don't even know if that was the book I read last month. I may have switched books on accident. I don't care. <laughs> if you can tell me the other one, that also is fine, but yeah. whatevs. All right. Um. <laughs> oh, it's hard to step down from this episode. Anyways, uh, I've been Trey Dorn. I was once Nick Izumi. I hopefully am still Genprock. Anyways, uh, you should... Uh, First off, uh, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already on either Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, or anywhere else that podcasts, anything that takes an RSS feed. But uh, please consider rating or viewing us on places like Apple Podcasts because that really does help us in the algorithm. And uh, remember, you can follow the show on social media. We are on Facebook.com slash Nerd and Tie. We are at nerdandtie.tumblr.com. We are at uh, Twitter at Nerd and Tie. Um, Additionally, you can support the show financially, uh, not just by sponsoring episodes. Again, the Sponsor Our Shows link on nerdandtie.com will tell you how to do that. Or you can contribute to our legal fund at gofundme.com slash nerdandtie. Or you can support us individually. I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-E-G-O-R-N. Nick's got a Patreon at patreon.com slash Nickazumi. And again, sell stuff on the internet. It's Ocelot Dude Designs. Uh, again, what's in the store right now? Alien pillows. Alien pillows. Alien pillows. And, and uh, very cute and very soft and very good. Huzzah. Also, uh, please remember that this show is a part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. we got a bunch of other shows, including The Meat Grinder, uh, an actual play show starring everyone on this podcast, along with Kyle Johnson, Scott Logan, uh, Krista C., and, uh, of course, joining us for the second season of The Meat Grinder is Sean Kors of Famicom Dojo. It's very exciting. It's everybody dies repeatedly on that show. Well, except for me because I'm the GM. Uh, so <laughs> you should definitely check it out. And also uh, Campaign 2 of Stormwood and Associates, which is, again, uh, the three of us on this show and Kyle Johnson, uh, is just Campaign 2 for Stormwood and Associates is kicked off. And you should check out that as well because it is fun. It is exciting. And uh, stuff blows up. Oh, yeah. Lots of it's stuff true. blows up. We're doing sliders this campaign. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's no longer a spoiler. It's the first like six or seven episodes don't have the full intro on them because it would be a spoiler to put the full intro on those. So I'm excited to actually like have the full intro actually on an episode starting this next week. Um, you, you, you didn't pull the Exo Squad DVD where they put not. the season two opening on on episode <laughs> two. So, so the the big twist of episode five is spoiled before you're even a full before yeah. you're even done with the first disc. That was, uh, oh, that's that's amazing. No, that it. is that is not a thing we did. We, we saved... The, I mean, I did spoil it for anyone who hasn't started the show, I guess, right now. Um, because that that would be that would be a thing. I don't know, man. 
I'm slowly evaporating into a pile of fine dust, and I want to look we at should Robert go. Downey Jr. We should and tell him that I don't feel so leave. well. So, in your hearts and your souls, in your mind, please consider deep down that somewhere within you there is a heart of gold, and by that I don't mean a uh, literal heart made of gold. I mean a spaceship kind of shaped vaguely like a white sneaker, and it's got a two-headed, three-armed man, and it's screaming his head off about something as someone else in a bathrobe can't get himself quite a beverage that is tea, just something almost like it. All right. Uh, and a whale that is much like a flower pot is falling through the sky. Yes. So just remember, somewhere deep inside, something thoroughly messed up is happening inside of you right now. Something thoroughly messed up is happening outside us, all of us. And there's one thing you can do. One thing you can do to make it all better and make the world make more sense. And that is go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star <laughs> review. Just go to Apple Nearly. Podcasts, give us a five-star review. All right, Nick, say your catchphrase. Uh, protect trans kids, keep on spocking in the free world. I mean, one of those is just a good idea. The other one is a pun. <laughs>